Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to another video from Fantasy Football Scout. It's the crossover that none of you thought you wanted, but you're getting anyway. It's kind of a black box wire crossover in this, hosted by Scout. It's like a three-way crossover. Threemium, that's what we call it. I'm joined by Zofar and Late Riser. Late Riser, how are you? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. Uh, just can't wait for FPL. Uh, uh, you know, didn't play any fantasy football during the World Cup, so... Yeah, I want to look at the screen and want to get some points. So ready oh, for it. You, you missed out. You missed out on some great yeah. games. You know, everyone's really, really happy with how all that went. What about you, Zoe? Did you play any any uh, fantasy over over the World Cup? No. No. Nope, wow. Not. Yeah, you both just got, enjoyed the football. Yeah, you both got a nice break. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't able to do that. Um, I mean, we had, some, we had some great content on the channel, but it is difficult when the game was problematic. Let's just say, but. Yeah. We are back to a game with absolutely no problems. It's nice and simple. It's beautifully simple. Um, it is, of course, FPL. Looking ahead of game week 17, uh, we've got some teams uh, from both of you to look at. You've talked about this on the wire um, already, but we're going to go into a bit more uh, detail about some of these. How locked are you, Zoe? Are you, are you feeling like you know, you're, you're ready to kind of say this is a team reveal? I've, I've switched from draft to reveal now because we're heading towards the final stretch would you say this is revealed or do you reckon there's still changes you can make i think the carabao cup might throw a few curveballs if city blow liverpool mm. out of the water or vice versa that might sway me a little bit but i would say about 12 out of 15 positions are fair locks well, i don't know if you've seen but ben krellin predicts that if city do beat liverpool there could be an arsenal double game week in 21 come in so oh, I did not know that. Mm, there you go. So that could be interesting. I mean, again, it's it's Ben Crelin's kind of predictions, but he's does have a good knack uh, for these things. Uh, I think it will give them a two home games of United and Everton um, in twenty one. Wow. So yeah, there you go. Might be some might be some new things coming. Uh, what about you, Pranil? Are you kind of settled? I, I mean, I've seen yep. your team. You've got you've got some of your favourites in there. Yeah, I think that's what I was doing uh, before we stopped for the World Cup as well. I'm just going to stick to players that I like, that I'm happy owning, that are a known quantity to me. I feel about 90% locked in, but hmm. you never know, right, in terms of what press conference information or what the Carabao Cup is going to throw at us. Uh, I mean, you know, before we just came on, I looked at the scout Twitter page and there were some comments from Guardiola, where he said that the guys who are at the World Cup are actually sharper and the guys not at the World <laughs> yeah. Cup need to get up to speed with them, which is not in concurrence with what all of us were thinking. You do take these comments with a little bit of pinch of salt because he was talking about the games today. But, uh, you know, such bits of information still might influence us, but I think I feel locked in 90% of the way. So we're not all going to be removing Haaland based on those comments. <laughs> probably not, probably not yet. Um, right, let's get into some teams then. Uh, you two do have very similar teams. So a lot of the players that we're going to talk about 
Um, we'll do Zofar's first. Uh, a lot of the te- a lot of the players are, are similar, so we'll cover both of your opinions uh, on those. Um, yeah, a li- little bit disappointed that there wasn't a bit more, a um, little bit more variety, but it does seem like another a quite strong template is emerging again. Uh, Reese James is the latest one to kind of break into that, and Mason Mount, who I don't think either of you have got, but we'll talk about some of the eight million mids um, as we go. Uh, so if this is your team on the screen. It's Kepa in goal. It's Cancelo, Trippier and James. Uh, it's Salah, Rashford, Almiron, Martinelli, Haaland, Darwin and Mitrovic. That is, that's the template now, right? That is, that is 11 out of 11 starting 11 people who I'm expecting to see in a lot of people's teams. Yep. And that's how I like to play. I think we're sort of venturing into another area of unknowns. So I like to go with the guys who I know are proven performers. And with that draft, you see, I have, I think about 2.3 in the bank. Wow. So I have a lot of flexibility. Pretty much any of those guys can become the 8 million mid who I like. And like LR was saying, that spot is probably where I'm a little bit undecided. Still Kulusevsky, Mount, Saka, Foden. They've all thrown their name in the hat at certain point. But these three guys, I know that are enablers. So I want to make sure I have the right enablers in place. So it's a very easy exit out whenever Mm. I need it. I guess the big thing here is you haven't gone for the triple city option. You haven't got De Bruyne, you haven't got Foden. Haven't doubled up on the defence, for example, though it's difficult to with, with kind of the players they've got. You've just gone for two. I mean, what's the thinking now? I mean, they have got great fixtures. They have got the potentially back-to-back double game weeks uh, coming up. Is it? Are you just adopting a kind of wait-and-see approach on that? So there's another thing with Salah is he played like a very much of a striker role over the last few weeks. And with Firmino playing at centre-forward, I expect that to continue. He becomes a goal scorer and he has a potential to go for your 20, 21 points on any fixture. Whereas KDB is playing more of an assister role. And I understand the fixtures are better for City, but Foden looks to be the goal scorer in that team. Mm. So if you look at it for eight, I think Foden offers more than KDB at 12.5, even with the rotation risk. The 4.5 goes a long way. So I just want to wait for the first couple of weeks, see if I want Foden or KDB and move accordingly. You've gone straight in, late riser, with Foden. Not a bit worried? Three benches in a row and then came back, scored off in the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what Foden's been up to off the field that's dictate that dictates whether you knows what he gets getting him off in the field yeah, yeah exactly exactly and that's the spot out of all the 14 that i think i'm least sure about i might actually just go somewhere else get a little creative with that spot based on what pep says in the next four or five days uh but if it looks like he's going to be fit because you know zoff and i were talking about it yesterday we think that maris has been with uh guardiola in the last two or three weeks training with the team. On the other side, everybody else got out at the quarterfinal stage. So you have Grealish, Foden and Bernardo Silva, who, who are likely going to be playing on the other side. They're all coming into training at the same time. And, you know, if I had to wager any given day in terms of who's first choice amongst these three, I'd say it's Phil Foden. Mm. So, you know, and I think with Foden also, you know, when it comes to these bench headaches or when it comes to expected minutes doubts, I think you see through them and eventually, if you're holding Foden for a period of 15, 20 game weeks, you'll get the points you're supposed to get. I think it'll even out over a longer duration. So I feel like you need... Because what happened also is everybody owned Foden at the start of the season. And when game week 8 came about and everybody was in a wild card, everybody was like, okay, his expected minutes don't look good. Everybody sold him. Next game, he got a hat-trick. <laughs> and then once everybody started to get him, he was benched for two or three games. So I think you can't really play the game weeks with Foden maybe need to perceive him as a long-term asset who's going to offer value at 8 million. You just need to persist with it. Yeah, I think the, the majority of drafts I'm seeing either are either going for Foden or De Bruyne in, in that third 
spot. I mean, we don't have Alvarez as an option, obviously, because he, he doesn't play enough and he's, I think they're in Buenos Aires or somewhere at the moment, the Argentina squad. Uh, be interesting to know if, if Pep does manage to find a place for him though, because obviously he's, he's an incredible player. And then defence, I mean, obviously you've both got Cancel. I think most of us are going to be going with him. Walker's creeping into a few drafts when people are trying to save a little bit of cash along there. But I mean, the other options are Kanji, Diaz, Laporte, Stones. There's a few too many options there, isn't there? So it's, it's got to be, it's probably, it, it makes it makes either Foden or De Bruyne or maybe Edison. They're the only other ones you can really consider, right? Yep. And I think Cancelo has got a three double digit hauls. So we say that he hasn't got much attacking threat, but he's still top for penalty area touches. And I think he's going to be a bit of a wounded animal after the World Cup. He was sidelined by the Portuguese mm. manager. So I think he has a bit of a point to prove as well. Yeah. It's good to get you both on because we've got a Chelsea fan and we've got a United fan. Two clubs I don't particularly like too much, especially not Chelsea, not at the moment. <laughs> but there's a lot of investment in, in, their, in their players, which... We might not have seen so much kind of in the weeks before. I mean, United particularly were in, in a you know big state of flux coming into the, the new season. They've settled down well. They're picking up results. Uh, and, you know, they've got a really good run of fixtures. Chelsea, again, they started the season with, with quite a few people going for quite a lot of their players. And then lots of changes around there. But again, a, a really good um, group. So we'll start with Zof and, and Chelsea. I mean, you've got two. You've gone for the double Chelsea defence, which is interesting given that they can't keep clean sheets. Um, at the moment, I think Fafana's got another injury. Um, there's, you know, there's question marks around who's going to play. Chilwell's out. We've got James back and playing 60 minutes. I mean, obviously you've picked them purely for the for the for the for the fixtures. But are you what what, you, what do you think about Chelsea? Are you are you optimistic Potter's going to turn things around? I would like to say things can only get better, but in <laughs> football you never know. But it's a fixture play. We mm. play the three promoted teams back-to-back, then we play Palace, then we play Fulham again soon, and Kepa was in crazy form. I don't know if he's fully fit yet, but at 4.5, even if he doesn't start the first few games, you've got Ward. Mm. I'm fine with playing every week anyway. He's got good potential. And with James, he's absolutely focal to the way we play. A lot of the reason for our dip in performances was because Chilwell and James were both out. So with him back in the team, I expect him to plan now... He's been doing training for quite some time. The only way to build fitness now is to play matches. And our games are quite well spaced out. Mm. I think we have about three games in eight days. It's not like three games in six days as it usually is in the Christmas schedule. So I'm feeling confident about those two guys. But attack is a bit dodgy. We got some news yesterday that Mount is carrying a calf strain. He's been in training. But again, he might not start all those three games. You have Ziyech and Pulisic who are probably going to be names there and there about the starting eleven now too. So the third spot is a bit tricky, but I think those two guys are quite simple at their price. They're good value. I'm surprised at the love for Mount. I'm not going to lie. I talked to Gianni about it uh, yesterday. He doesn't seem a very late riser player, Mason Mount. I'm guessing you're not considering him, Bruno. I mean, it's only a fixture play, if, if at all. But I'm happy to leave that third Chelsea spot open because the doubles in game week 19. And I reckon when we see Chelsea play in 17 or 18, some, like Zoff mentioned, somebody like a ZH or a Pulisic could emerge, you know, who could become mm. the bandwagon that everyone's jumping on in attack. So I'm waiting, happy to wait and watch, not come in, commit to a mount because again, you know, we're not confident about him as an F- FPL asset. So I think keeping a spot open just to get the form guy in for the double, there's a play there. Yep. I like it. So I think Chelsea have got the, the best, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they've got the best um, recovery period over the festive schedule as well, which does massively boost James's potential. 
Um, he's gone into my team as well. He's on my wall. I don't know if you can see him over there somewhere. Uh, we know kind of the explosive nature that he, he can do. It's, it's great to see him back. Um, and it's at a time when, you know, before game week 17, I shifted all of my money out of defence. I think my most expensive defender was Trippier and I've paid like five million for him. Whereas now we're seeing more money going back in because we've got Cancelo coming back into thinking. We've got James and Trippier's now at 5.8, 5.9 as well. So big at the back is kind of back, but I look at the rest of your teams, Oaf, and there's no weakness here, right? Almiron's the kind of cheaper asset, but he's not exactly playing like a six million mid at the moment. Exactly. And so we, I think we need to reorient our thinking around the prices, right? A lot of people are trying to squeeze in De Bruyne, Salah, Haaland and Darwin, mm. etc. Almiron and the way Newcastle they're playing, they're very much a top four side. If you had to price up Almiron today, based on what we've seen in the first half of the season, he'd be closer to seven and a half, eight million. Mm. So FPL is about finding value. And I think Almiron has the value there till we know that he doesn't. So I'd rather go into that, see if he's poor over the first three games and then switch out. Mm. Did you have him before 16? No. No. <laughs> nope, not at any point. Did, did you, Late Riser? Nope. Oh. Nope. It's amazing, isn't it? We get on all like the kind of the best brains of like FPL onto these streams, and then just no one's got Almer who was just scoring like double digits every single week. It's uh, it's typical. Um, two players before we move on uh, to Pernod's team is Marceli and Mitrovic, which are the two players in your side that are different uh, from each other. Yeah, I know. Uh, very disappointing. Um, any thoughts about selling Martinelli? I am seeing a bit more kind of you know in the, in the way of people deciding to to sell him and move on. Arsenal's fixture's not the best. Martinelli's stats in the last six going into this not the best either. But a lot of value tied up in him, right? More than value, I think Arsenal are a bit of an unknown to me. Without Jesus, I don't know mm. who the best option is. It might be Enketia, might be Saka, might be Martinelli, might even be Odegaard. So Martinelli is the one I have. I've had him from the start and that's why I don't want to get rid of him yet. Once I know that he is not the best option, I feel comfortable moving to the best option. Mm. But I'd rather not take a shot in the dark on players who I don't trust. Yeah, like that. Uh, Mitrovic, final one, four yellow cards. I mean, the worst... Yeah. What, what, what's the worst situation with Mitrovic? He plays the first game, gets booked, misses Southampton at home or he plays Southampton at home, gets booked and misses the first game of the double. Neither's, I mean, neither's a great option, but which is worse? I mean, and, and if neither of those two happen, and let's say he plays a third game, you can't even captain him because he might get no. booked in well, the exactly. first one. Yeah, absolutely. And it becomes a single. So it's, it is a bit of a tricky one. But captaincy for 19 already looks quite interesting because I don't like Chelsea as much with one fixture against City. You really don't feel captaining, comfortable captaining James away to Fulham, home to Man City. Those aren't ideally clean sheet fixtures. Hmm. Haaland has Chelsea away. Salah has Brentford away, which is good, but not great. Brentford are usually good at home. So on paper, Mitrovic does have the best captaincy potential that week. Yep. Late Riser, you've gone a route which I am looking to consider, which is not starting with, with Mitrovic and going with your favourite glove-wearing Manchester United uh, forward in Martial. He does look a good option, doesn't he? Ronaldo leaving, he's got back to fitness. No... I mean, there, isn't, there is no real competition in that spot, is there? I mean, Rashford can play through the middle, but he's probably more effective on the left. You must be pretty confident that Martial's going to see some, you know, pretty significant game time. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of conversation around, you know, Martial being very injury prone. But I keep, uh, you know, banging the same drum where a player is fit until he's injured. And if he is injured, we're not playing a season-long draft game. So you can switch him out, 
we have options in Wilson, Mitrovic and Katia. We can play that game, but I'm confident of the minutes. I think he's first choice striker. He has been since preseason. Uh, Tenag really, really likes him. And uh, he offers what nobody else in our team can offer when, when it comes to hold up play and bringing others into play. Rashford's good at being the being on the last line of defense but he he's not quite as good as holding up play and then mm. you know linking up play so i think there's no competition and i think the striker position is his and at that price i think he offers incredible value with the fixtures i mean i had uh, mitrovic in my first draft but i'm like with these fixtures i do fancy a bit of martial so i'm just going there so would you not be considering switching martial for mitrovic you know for the double or for southampton at home would you be looking at keeping martial for those three fixtures in I mean, it's a situation of cross that bridge when you get there. If, mm. uh, you know, Mitrovic has got his uh, yellow in the first game against Palace and he's not playing the Southampton game, I'm actually more tempted to get Mitrovic then because there's a proper captaincy option for the double. So it depends on what plays out in the first two game weeks. And if it looks like Mitrovic is going to guarantee get two games, I might switch Darwin or Martial to Mitrovic. No United defence? Not at the moment because, you know, I don't know. I'm expecting Varane and Martinez to emerge by the time game week 19 comes around. Mm. And that's a problem with our defence because we're a much different team with Maguire and Lindelof playing instead of these two. In fact, I think that might have a little bit of an effect on our forward line as well. Because, you know, there is a lot of confidence in the front six if you have Varane and Martinez behind them. Martinez's ball-playing ability is really, really good as well. So, I do worry if this effect sort of trickles down. We quite not yet know about Dalo's fitness as well because there was a... He looked like he was hobbling in the last game when he played for Portugal as well. And so far, he's not been training with the main group as well. So, you know, we have three of our first four starting defenders currently not playing for Game Week 17. So, until they're fit... uh, I don't think our defence is a go-to. No, I mean, I've been looking at De Gea, for example, in goal. But like you say, I mean, with with the two first-choice defenders making it to the final, you've, you've got to think, like you say, neither of them are going to play in 17. There's too much for There's too tight a turnaround for 18. So, yeah, you're, you're probably looking at 19. And then the fixtures after 19, you know, they go straight into Man City and Arsenal away. So it's it's not really ideal from an FPL perspective. I look at Dallow and I think, okay, he's probably the one that that you can you can punt on. He's got the injury, so do you go for Shaw? I mean, are we confident that Shaw's going to come straight back in for for seventeen? I mean, it was a quarter final yeah. exit. You've got to think he's likely, but there is competition there. No, I'm fairly confident that Shaw starts because mm. so the United team, everybody who got out in the quarter, started training for us yesterday. And you have to remember that we actually start a couple of days later compared to we're not, we're not playing on Boxing Day. So there is a day or two extra of training. And I think a week's enough, you know, for the caliber of those kind of players. And there are still points to play for. I don't think Tenak can risk too much, especially with his uh, two centre-backs missing. Mm, yep, absolutely. Um, okay, talking about players that you don't have in your teams. Uh, I'll come to you first, Zof. Is there anyone who you're looking at that you want, but you haven't been able to fit in to your side now? Because like I said, there is this template emerging, but I do think there are some pretty good options out there. I mean, obviously you haven't got De Bruyne, um, you haven't got Foden, for example, in your side. Which are the ones that you're looking at and and thinking that you might want to squeeze in somewhere? I've been toying with Madison Kulisevsky. Yeah. And out, I think Madison is one who interests me above all because I'm very wary of getting blindsided by double game weeks, especially when all of these doubles just seem to be having a Man City fixture thrown in. 
So I'll, and it's very tricky. Certain times, do you don't buy assets just because they have a double? You buy good assets over good fixtures. That's generally a simple way to play FPL rather than just focus on doubles. We've seen that last year. But what's tricky is this year, the good teams are having the doubles. It's not mm. like you have the likes of Weghorst and Dennis we are investing in. These are good players. Oh, so it's a bit tricky. Oh, yeah. That's brought back horrible memories. This Kulusevsky. <laughs> yeah. So this Kulusevsky who's thrown his hat in the ring at a certain point. But my main dilemma was from these three budget enablers and I can't split these Martinelli, Rashford and Almiron. Mm. So I just made my decision easy and gone all three there. All three. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Madison's a, a really interesting one because I haven't seen him. I'm sitting, you know, out of all the 8 million mids, I'm seeing Kulusevsky, I'm seeing Mount, I'm seeing Foden, I'm seeing Saka coming into quite a few teams. I'm not seeing any Madison's at all. And, you know, as an England fan, I'm disappointed that he didn't get more minutes or any minutes in, in, in the World Cup, especially when we're, we're chasing games. And, you know, in the first game, how poor Mount was, and then Henderson came in. I, you know, I just wonder with, with someone like him or with someone like Wilson, when, when they're on the sidelines and they're not, and the, the team isn't performing, they, they've got to be so frustrated not to, not to be on the pitch. Are you a fan of Madison, late riser? He seems like a kind of a, a late riser pick. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, I've owned him a fair amount of the last year or so, and he's done well for me every single time. So for that Foden spot, which I'm not quite sure about, Madison is my thoughts. Another mm. player that not many people own that is in my thoughts is Anthony Zetsov, it's mentioned, yep. because I think he's first choice on our right wing. And because, especially because what's been happening with Jaden Sancho, I think he sees his main competitor on the right hand side. And Sancho is not even training with the main group. There's a little bit of a, uh, situation with him, which is why he's training with some coaches in the Netherlands. So, you know, you have a nailed-on first-choice right winger, and he loves a shot. Like mm. all he loves to do is cut in and shoot. So he's very trigger happy. So, I think you know, if people are looking for a placeholder, I like him as a pick. Seven point five million, four percent owned. There's a lot. There's quite a few players around that kind of like forty. I mean, Kulusevski, for example, is only only four point eight percent owned i think yeah. james is quite high james is 12 12 and a half percent or something i guess that's from the dead teams kind of at the start yeah. um of the season but kind of where i'm ranked i've, got, I've probably got quite a few of those uh around there yeah i mean it, it definitely seems like that that eight, eight million spot is is something which is which is going to be quite flexible it doesn't seem to be like a really strong you know like this is the guy that everyone's going to have and it was like that at the start of the season Right, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of similarities between now and and the start of the season. I think it's just everyone's got a little bit more budget because I look at both of your teams and think like these are strong, these are strong sides that kind of should do well. So I think if you've built up a good team value, then you should be you should be all right going into the into the rest of it. Where, where are you both ranked, by the way? Late rise, where are you at the moment? Just inside the top 200k. We're only one point apart. One point apart, and and you're going in with basically the same teams as well. Pretty much, pretty much. Hive, hive, hive mind, hive mind. Yeah, what actually happened is when Zoff and I started talking about FPL again 10 days ago, I think we're maybe five players apart. I might have talked him into a player or two. He might have talked <laughs> me into a player or two. And that's how we're getting closer as in, close the deadline approaches. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Yep. Uh, any other players you two want to cover? There is one player who I have a very strong gut feeling about, and Ooh. I think that's Trent. Uh, I think not many people own him. I think Liverpool are a much better team with Matt Tip in that side. Uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about how Robo has been playing very attacking. But Trent has been FPL royalty for three years. Like, all three of us haven't. There have, In the 90% of the times in which when we played FPL in the last three years, we could not think about playing FPL without Trent. And I think you can't take away that uh, quality from him, right? Because... 
form his temporary classes per month. So I think that's one player who I think is going to come back to the norm. I think he's going to, especially because he's going to be supplying. He, you actually, if you think about it, you've got Darwin in mm. the center of the box, who's really good with his headers as well. So his assist rate should improve. And if Liverpool finds some stability as a team, I think that's the pick that all of us might want to jump on very soon. I have not seen a single team with Trent in it, which yeah. is, and yeah. you think about, I say things are similar to the start of the season, but the start of the season, there wasn't yeah. a single team without him. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'd love to see him come back. I mean, if, if he does come back in and then suddenly we've got this Cancelo, James, Trent and Trippier, you know, we're, we're, yeah. we're going back to putting all our money in, in defence. And then where's the sacrifice yeah. there? It means we're going to have to get rid of a Darwin or a, or a Salah. Yeah. Or, I think what's going to happen eventually. Yeah. Go on, Sof. No, my point is that's why Cancelo is in the team, right? Because he offers that price point where you can move to Trent mm. or a Robertson if needed. But if they start keeping clean sheets and they've got all these doubles, you're not going to want to sell him. Yeah. The, da- the downgrades are going to be interesting. If, I, I would really like to see Trent come in because what you, if another premium comes in, then you, you have to make the decision. Salah, I mean, no one's selling Haaland, but you know, Salah, Kane, De Bruyne, there's that kind of decision to be made there. But I think it's fairly easy because there's so much money. Like in my draft, you see the midfield is still decent. There's still around 2.3 in the bank. Mm. So it's quite like even a Ben White to get to Trent is not too far off. Mm. Yeah, but then you won't be able to get an 8 million mid. Exactly. So that's probably the only sacrifice, which is fine because there are a plethora of mids who are available under the 7 million bracket who offer similar potential. So I think the value is there in midfield if you need to go high flexibility and go high in defence later. Mm. I like I like, that, Rob- that- I like Robertson as a shout as well. Just just Sorry, just because yeah. he was mentioned. Um, obviously, he's had the rest as well and, and, and looks good. But yeah, no Liverpool defenders just aren't, don't seem to be in the reckoning at all for people. Yeah, and, and there is a stark difference in quality between Gomez and Matip, right? So I think the team is a lot better, functioning a lot better when Matip is fit and he has been playing the preseason friendlies as well. So I think that might be a little bit of a blind spot where we're all ignoring this asset. I actually played around with Trent today. And if, to get him, I need to downgrade that Foden spot to a 5 million midfielder. And given the fixtures that we have, given Chelsea having a double in 19, given the fact that you know we might need a City mid as well as an Arsenal mid down the road... You can't quite go there just yet because you will need money in attack. I think that switch might happen around the 23 mark after the City second double. Yep. I've got one more player yeah. to throw out there, mentioned in the chat. Enketia. We talk about players very looking tempting. like gifts. He's tempting, right, Zove? Absolutely. And he was very good to me towards the tail end of last season. Jumped on in early with the wild card. He killed me. But again, I <laughs> absolutely. I don't know how guy. Arsenal are going to play. And right now, I would have him in if I had another forward spot. Mm. But simply Mitrovic with the double lures me in. Darwin with the Diaz injury lures me in. And there's also another player we haven't spoken about, Harry Kane. Mm. He destroyed me for the first 16 weeks. Didn't have him for a <laughs> single week. Every week kept delivering. And we mentioned this on the wire. What we saw was his flow. When Spurs were creating very few chances, most of his goals were from penalties or from corners. Now, if he starts scoring goals from open play and Spurs get flowing again, his ceiling is massive. And the, the signs of that are good because not only do we have Kulstevsky back, news came into today that Bentancur is not far away. He's actually in contention to play game week 17 or 18. The thing that we were thinking about is, will they function without Bentancur in midfield? But that's happening as well. So you... Pretty much have a first choice Spurs mm. 11 fit and ready to go. And I think there's a massive difference when Kulusevsky is playing in that uh, front three and when he's not for Spurs attackers. Well, there's no reason why Son can't come back into our thinking yeah. as well. I mean, look at look at where he was last season. I mean, he's, he's struggled 
this year, but we've seen before when everyone's you know slating him and, and saying he's he's finished, he suddenly comes back and he's and he's scoring every week. It's exactly what happened last year. Again, I think there's real. I think I think but I think the template is strong because I think people are risk averse going into a new season. I completely get that as well, but. I think there are players that could change things around quickly. I think if if Enketia starts strong in that first game, he could easily be a player that people look to get, you know, just to to double up on the Arsenal. Particularly, they get another double game week or double game week or something like that. You look at Kane, you look at Son, you look at Trent, you look at Robertson. There's plenty of different directions this season could go. So, yeah, it's exciting, right? We got it back. It's yeah. back. Exactly, exactly. I mean, that's what six strong teams in the league indicates, right? Uh, Template strong, but the alternatives for every team are strong too. Seven now, yeah? Mm. Yep. Can't forget Newcastle. Can't forget Newcastle. And apparently we can't forget Southampton, says Balon. He says, surprise, Southampton not been mentioned yet. Cheapest players in the game. Perul? He's he's getting talked about. What is he, 4.4? New manager? Who is the new manager? Have they got one yet? They did. They got him right before the break at Liverpool. I think from Luton. I don't know his name. Oh, yeah, that's but... what, Jones. Nathan Jones, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, they've got Nathan Very Jones. highly rated as well. Yeah, yeah. He did great things. At... Luton's just down the road from yeah. me. Um, yeah. I drive past their stadium. It is tiny. <laughs> it's like so small. Um, that's right. They've got Nathan Jones. Yeah. And that'll be interesting. He, he's a very attacking manager. Yep, yep. But it's a wait and watch for me, right? You just don't know what you're going to get with Southampton. And I feel like... You can afford this team, given the team value that most of us have, where we can have majority of the players from the top top six, seven teams. And even when people are talking about the Perot pick at 4.4, when he's so attacking, I mean, a United defender is 0.2, 0.3 million away. An Arsenal defender is 0.2 million away. And I think when it comes to clean sheet potential, they're clear of Southampton. Yeah. So until you see enough, I, I don't see a reason to jump in there. No, I look at like Castagna. Blessed. I mean, he did so yeah. well for me going into this. He's what, about the same price as Perot as well. I'm not sure why you wouldn't just go for for him or pay a little bit more money and get a, a shore or something. I mean, you know, it's, if it's, I guess if you've got a Patterson or a, a, a Buena looks such a good option at 3.9 and Patterson at four, you have to pay that. If, if Perold was like four, I'd say he could, he could yeah. maybe go yeah. to one of those. But yeah. He just is that little bit uh, extra uh, guys. Amazing to talk to you both. The wire um, was back last yesterday, right? You did a you yes. Did an episode. Yes. Yep. Everyone yes. should check that out. Some of the best FPL content uh, out there. Uh, just search for The Wire on YouTube. Thanks for joining me, both of you. Um, and yeah, we should do more streams together. We, I was talking to Zof, um, yeah before before we came on. I don't think we've ever been on a stream, just him and I. Well, I think we've done one stream, the three of us, which was like a members stream. Uh, Late Rise, you seem to think we've done more, but I can't think of any, but we'll, we'll correct that. We'll, we'll get some more. We'll get some more stuff going. Uh, guys, thanks so much. And I'll speak to you both very soon. Cheers, Cheers for having us. us.